Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. What a beautiful morning. I just feel like there's such a sense of um, God's peace here this morning. And um, I think that's well deserved. Who else had a, a very, very productive, busy, full life, week? Anyone else? First week back. There's a, there's a lot going on right now. And I just really sense that there's just a beautiful peace here of God's presence. And so, God, we just thank you for that peace, Lord. We thank you that we can just sit in your peace right now. We thank you that as we just refocus ourselves on you, Lord, to set us up for this next week, Jesus, we just rest in your peace, Lord. We rest in your goodness, Lord. Thank you for the goodness of God that surrounds us all the days of our life. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Well, I just wanted to encourage us with a message this morning on legacy. And I thought it was quite fitting seeing that it's a multi-gen service Everything that we've been doing this morning has been gearing towards how important generations are to God and how important it is for us to live a life of legacy, not just a life of selfishness, not a life just for us, but a life that matters and that has meaning. And so I was encouraged by this message um, on legacy. Um, Recently, I heard my dad speaking about, oh, to give context, as Pastor Phil was saying, that we stand on the shoulders of our fathers. I'm standing on the shoulders of my parents here right now. Um, so everything that I am and everything that comes out of me is because of what they've sown into me. And so I honour them here. And um, and so, yes, everything they say, I take in and I listen. And um, recently, um, Pastor Phil was talking about um, how when his father was in his last days of his life, that one of the things that he said was that it went so fast. And I think that that's a common thing that we hear, that as people are coming close to the end of their lives, that they say, it went so fast, that everything was just very fleeting. And and I think you find yourself at the end in those last days, reminiscing on your life, reminiscing on what you have accomplished and what you have done. And, and basically your legacy, what you have left behind, your footprint. And, um, and so I think about my, um, my pop, who is my dad's dad. Um, and in his last days, we had the privilege of spending those days with him. And I was thinking that, um, that I didn't see him run to his house and cling on to his house and thank his home for being such a great home. I didn't see him go out to his car or he was like, you know, he wasn't stressed out going, I I just need to get to my car, I need to get to my car to say thank you for being such a good car. Um, He didn't, um, he didn't find his belongings and and start to, to, to hold on to those, but he found his family and his family came around him and they sat with him and even ones that had been estranged maybe had, they still came and they still sat and everything that had, had been before any ill feelings, they just disappear in those last moments. 
and all you remember is the good times. And so there was these days of, of us just sharing these good times that we had, had spent with our pop and our memories of, of spending with our pop. And so his legacy lives on and his legacy is in us now and it's in his son. Um, and so the good things that are in him live on. So our legacy is our footprint. That's how I like to picture it. It's our footprint that we leave here on earth. And, um, and recently I was pondering on this and I felt very strongly, um, I think sometimes we can get caught up with um, on the will of the Father and am I going in the direction of the will of the Father, you know? And I felt very strongly that it didn't matter what I filled my life with in my day or my year, that as long as I did something that mattered, that that would bring God great joy. And that I didn't want to fill my life with something that was just fleeting or that was just for now, but I wanted to fill my life with something that would make an impression and that would last on for the generations to come and that would leave a legacy. Um, I, I imagine that, you know, as I, when I draw close to my time, I would like people to reminisce on my life as being someone that left an impression on them, someone that um, took the moment to spend time with them, even in the busyness of life. Um, because moments like that is what people remember. They don't remember how lovely your house is, even though I hope you do. And they don't remember like your workplace, but they remember valued moments with you. And so I started to think on this and, um, and, I, and I sort of put together three points to encourage us in how we can leave a legacy that matters. So you ready for it? Yes. Okay. So number one, I thought would be investing into our families and relationships. So in, this is obviously like such a strong one, such an important one. Quality time is one of the most valuable things we can offer our children. If we think, you know, we, we've got children in school and out of school, and so it's a common conversation that comes up with our friends. What school will they go to? Um, I, I assume that eventually it'll be what university they're going to go to and what workplace they'll be in. And so these are important, but what's more important is how much time we can spend with our children one-on-one. -on -one. How much valued time do we spend with our children one-on-one? -on -one? You know, like those moments where you just stop and I, and I watch my husband do it with my, with my children and he just stops. No matter what's going on around him and he just goes, what was that you, you said to me? Just talk to me, you know, and he gets down on their level. He looks in their eyes. They're the moments that shape who our children will be. It's not how much money we have. It's not how much sporting events we do with them but it's those moments where we encourage them and we, and we believe in them and we're just there for them and they know that unconditionally we love them. Showing our children a healthy marriage, one that they can learn from and model after in the future is one of the biggest strengths we can pass on to our children because that's a, that's a lasting strength because that's something that's gonna go through into their lives and then hopefully they'll pass it on to their children and they pass, it's just something that keeps on giving as we teach our children how to have a healthy marriage. Understanding, I said families and relationships because I know not everybody has children. So understanding the people closest to us, taking time with people who are closest to us, who they are. Do we actually know 
the people in our worlds that are closest to us, do we actually know who they are? Do we, do we know how they receive love? Have we made an effort to learn how the people who are important to us in our worlds receive love? Because that's a big factor. Because you want to give love, you know? And so if you're just, and Andrew and I have been very intentional about knowing how each other receives love. And here's, if I didn't know this, like here's his um, words of encouragement. Mine's absolutely not words of encouragement. And so he can like speak words of encouragement to me and I'm like, can't hear you, doesn't mean anything to me, you know, but when he does something for me, when there's an acts of service, if he takes the bin out, I'm like, thank you, it means so much to me, you know, um, so there can just be this miscommunication between a family member, and I'm thinking of fathers, mothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, people that are close to us, there can be a miscommunication of how they receive love, understanding their personality, how they tick, what they love to do. This is important in life to make sure that we have healthy relationships with the ones that are around us. Um, and then I also wrote here, fighting for those who we're invested into. There's so many times where I hear of relationships that have broken down. And when you ask both parties what, what it was, really it was over this, either the silliest thing or both parties can't remember. You know, and I think there's something in fighting for good relationships, fighting for what is right. You know, like obviously to have a relationship and to be up close and personal with someone, there's going to become a point where you're going to either disagree or offend one another, upset one another. It used to happen all the time growing up, four girls in a family, very emotional. Um, Jess and I, very different but very um, very very close and we would have these huge arguments I would go to sleep yes we did go to sleep having arguments we were naughty um, but I would go to sleep and I'd wake up happy as anything because I completely forget things really really fast but she would wake up brewing and then she would be upset at me because I can't remember what we were fighting about you know so <laughs> Everyone is different and there can be, <laughs> so I then have to like go, oh, what were we fighting about? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> everybody is different and, and so there could be some people that are brewing inside over something that you've done and you don't quite know what it is. Let it go. Try and resolve it. Try and work through these issues because it is so worth mending a relationship than just completely sabotaging it and, and just cutting it loose. And I think the way of the world is that we are being taught to just let it go and cut it off and just disown them. We're being taught that broken relationships, broken families is a norm, but that's not what God intended. He intended for families to be unified and he didn't intend for perfection because we live in a sinful world. There is gonna be wickedness. There is gonna be things that come against us that are hurtful but the more we can release it and work through fixing and work through healing, then we're gonna be stronger for it in our character and we're gonna find that we've got relationships around us that are healthy and that are gonna last throughout the time. Not just that, but I'm just thinking now that people watch us all the time and they're watching Christians especially to see how they react in certain circumstances. And I believe that through the word, the Lord has shown us that we must forgive in all circumstances. 
and that he heals our heart. Yes, there are things that are unjust, but he always pushes us to forgive. And so we must always lead with, lead with a heart that is forgiving and a heart that loves. And that's why he says love is the most important thing. The investment into families and relationships means a legacy of fruitful people. We're resolving the world's problem of disconnected, broken relationships one person at a time. The people in your world are worth it. And you've got to look at the people in your world, not feel overwhelmed, but look at the people and go, they're worth it. They're worth fighting for. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's hard. And that's when we need to really seek the Lord, ask him to bring us peace and not be too emotional about it, but bring us peace and ask him to give us a, a, a clear mind that we're reasonable as well and not just stubborn and, and stuck on our high horse. And then allow him to give you empathy, that you would understand how that other person feels so that you can work through that. And that, again, is one of the greatest tools we can show our children as well, how to resolve conflicts and how to fight for people who are, who are in our worlds. So we see examples of this in the Bible, and I'm thinking of good, godly relationships, and one of them is Noah. Noah clung to God in spite of the wickedness around him. He was far from perfect, but he was humble and protective of his family. He bravely carried out the task God assigned him. The other ones are like Abraham, then he passed on to Isaac, then to Jacob. So read on these godly examples because the word of the Lord is our lamp and it shows us, you know, the way. And so God is showing us, you know, how to have godly relationships with people. Um, I didn't have this in my notes, but I, I encourage you to also look at the example of King David. King David was um, someone who achieved so many incredible things and he was a man after God's own heart and yet he really had a breakdown in his relationship with his son and I was reading last night that um, as he passed on his baton to his son he rattled off a whole bunch of things and, and affirmed him but I don't believe that that sometimes the most productive investment is quickly at the end of something it's time it takes time and it's just little bits at a time and it's modeling your life and it's being intentional with our relationships with our children. So I encourage you to have a look into that example because, you know, we see that Solomon doesn't do all that well. And, um, and some commentaries say it was that fatherlessness. Even though his father was present, his father wasn't present in his parenting and active in his investment into his life. So that's investing into our families and relationships. So we're talking about our legacy as our footprint. Number two, knowing our purpose, not just our job, but our God-given purpose. Last year, we spoke a lot on purpose. And so we've got this lovely foundation of, of how important purpose is to us. Um, but our worlds are full. Everyone is busy. Hands up who's busy. We're all busy. We all have full lives. Now, Jess and I have been getting on the KonMari train. Yes. Some of you will laugh because you know what we're talking about. Others will go, no idea. Um, we have been decluttering our lives one room at a time. And it's been fabulous. <laughs> on Friday, we did my linen closet. And um, my linen, 
I'm, I'm a fairly neat person, to be honest. Um, but we pulled all of the stuff out of my linen closet. That's part of the KonMari method. Bring it all out, put it in in an open space, and then start from scratch. I really should have brought photos because it would have left a very lasting impression. Um, I filled up a whole lounge room with my linen closet. I like to be prepared, and I don't like people coming over and not having enough towels and not having enough, you know, linen. And if someone wants to sleep over, or I like to have, you know, but this was next level. <laughs> and as Jess pulled it out, she's like, "You have a problem." You have a serious problem. <laughs> I didn't think I did. But um, anyway, we went through slowly, one thing at a time. And then when I emotionally got stuck, we went to something else. <laughs> and she helped me. Um, but I had a thought. Oh, and then we neatly placed it. Jess taught me how to fold everything. And now I'm too scared to use my linen closet. So <laughs> don't ask for a towel. <laughs> I have no idea how to fold it. <laughs> um so that's like the physical world. But I was thinking about our spiritual worlds and our, and our actual worlds that our actual lives are so cluttered and they're messy and we're often chasing our tail. We're often flustered. We're often trying to cram a lot of things into a short... Is this just me or is this everyone? Yeah, we're trying to cram a lot of things in. Um, and so I think we all need to do a KonMari on our lives. We need to pull everything out, get it into the open. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we need to, to declutter our lives. And, um, and, you know, because I really don't want to get to the end of my life and say that I was just too busy to do anything that mattered, you know, that I was too busy trying to get all of this stuff done, that, God, you're going to have to just wait because I'm not quite through my list yet, which is exactly what I do because I have lists for everything. Um, but I don't want to be too busy that I don't have time to do what matters. Um, because we have things in our face all the time. We have phones, we have email, we have Netflix, binging on series, can't pull ourselves away and then we wake up with headaches because we're so tired. And it's a real thing, apparently the chiropractic um, or is it the osteo, I don't know, there's a new thing in the, in the health fund where you can claim for... Um, binge watching, you know, like a stiff neck or like sore eyes. Wow, that's pretty sad. Um, oh, there it is. How did you find that? Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. Did you have the one before it? The me did you see the mess? No. All right, you'll have to imagine. Did I post that or something? You just hacked my phone or something. I don't know what you've done. <laughs> um, so we have to remove, we have to like be intentional. We have to remove ourselves from these distractions that are in our face all the time, trying to take us away from the voice of God, trying to take us away from, from that quietness and that stillness. And we have to be intentional with creating space. When we create space in our lives, God speaks. When we create space in our lives, we find focus for what, we, what God intended for us. And if we never stop to reevaluate, am I heading in the direction God intended for me? Or have we gotten caught up along the way? See, everything, there's a way that seems right to men, but it's not the way that God intended. And so when we find space, God speaks and he gives us clarity. 
Legacy matters to God. The future matters to God. Who knows that? From reading the word, you see that the future matters to God. He doesn't ask us to live for just today. He asks us to have vision. He encourages us. He spurs us on to have vision, to press forward, to look to the future. So I'm just going to look at David, um, what David says in 2 Samuel 7, 18 to 20. And this is a prayer to God. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. You see, the Lord had spoken to David about his future, and David was overwhelmed that he would care. How do you even care for me, a mere human? about what will happen in my future, but Jesus cares about our future. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And that brings me to point number three, investing into things that are eternal. That is where our investment should be. And 1 Peter 24 says, All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. If you want to know how to invest into things that are eternal, you need to invest into his word. You need to invest into what he has set out. This here is God's legacy. This is his footprint. And this is what he's showing us how to model our lives after. And so if we're disconnected from his footprint, how are we going to know what to do with our own lives? I just wanted to also read out 1 Peter And this is speaking about God's legacy to us. It's 1 Peter 1.3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And from an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. See, what God has given us cannot perish or fade. What he has given us is eternal. And we know that we will live with Christ for eternity. But I'm talking about as well our earthly legacy. What will we leave for the people around us? What will they remember us for? What will our children learn from us in these times? What will the people closest to us know from us? Will they know us as someone who just cuts them off straight away because it's too hard? Will they know us as someone who hasn't got time for them because they're too busy with their own things? Or will they know us as someone who will stop and who will listen and who will take value in the relationships that are in their lives? So our legacy given to us from the Father was paved with his precious blood of his son. I want to live a life that matters to honour him and to honour what he has already given. And I had this conversation recently with my mum. I am a very creative person 
and I am very led by what God wants. But I said, I have no idea what the future holds. But all I know is that what I do with my life today, I want it to matter. I want it to be about something other than just myself. I want it to be about his people and about bringing to pass what God intended for the world. And so I, I wanted to encourage you with that. So three three things to bring our legacy. Invest into your families and relationships. Know your purpose and invest into things that are eternal. It's not, it's not complicated. I try, it's quite simple, but it's being more intentional with what we've got in our hands and being more intentional with our lives. So would you stand with me as I ask the worship team to come back up? We've been so encouraged today by so many different aspects of of um, the generations today and what God intended as our legacy. And, and God, we just, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this morning, Lord Jesus, as we still ourselves before you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that there would be a breakdown of the walls that are around people that are holding them back from going that step further with the relationships around their lives. Lord Jesus, that you would show us how to reach out. You would show us how to be softened and how to have empathy and love towards the people in our lives. Lord, that you would show us how to be intentional with our lives and not be caught up with the ways of the world that are making us busy and selfish and unable to to resolve any conflict, unable to have any sort of relationship with people, that breakdown of relationship, Lord. Lord, we come against that in Jesus' Name. And we pray that You would soften our hearts and that You would teach us that we would walk in Your footprints, Lord. We would walk in the legacy that You've set out for us and that we would carry that on, Lord. That we would be people that in the end, Lord, as we go on to to a life of eternity with You, Jesus, we would be someone that has left an impression on the people behind us, Lord, and that we would be people of generations, people that just reach out, Lord God, through the generations to bringing Your Name, to bringing glory to Your Name, Jesus. So lift your heads with me. Look up to Jesus right now, Lord God. Jesus, would You bring healing, Lord? Would You bring healing where there has been pain? Jesus, would You break down those walls, Lord God? Jesus, would You help us to invest into the relationships around us, Lord? And would you help us to leave a legacy that matters? Every day, Lord God, I wanna consecrate my life before you and say, Jesus, I live today for you. I live today for you. Would you do that with me today? If you agree with me, and that is your heart as well, would you agree with me and say, Lord, I live today for you. I wanna leave a legacy that matters. Jesus, I wanna invest into the people around me and I wanna invest into things that are internal. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We focus on you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your peace in this place. We thank you for your peace, Lord. In your precious name, amen. There's so many things in this world that are trying to distract us from finding that moment with Jesus, from finding that focus. I've heard Joel Osteen speak and he says, they were interviewing and asking him, how do you defend everything that comes against you? 
And he says, I don't. I keep my eyes on Jesus and I just keep walking the path that he's set out for me. He'll deal with the rest. And that's a man who's had to deal with a lot. Keep our eyes on Jesus. He'll deal with the rest. He's our defender. Jesus, you're our defender. So I want you to step into that with confidence that Jesus, I keep my eyes on you. You are my defender and I am invested into things that are eternal. We thank you, Lord God, right now, Jesus. We just seal that in your precious name. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just sing this one more time before we close the service. on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.